It's time for the Southeast Super League Podcast. The home of all things Super League. Hey guys, this is Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You're listening to the Southeast Super League Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Horn Industrial Coatings. We are back after a podcast-free return to 2021. We are finally back. I am joined today. I'm your host, Ned Wiedemann, and I am joined by none other than Kringle Kings GM, Richmond Reyes. Mate, it's a genuine pleasure. Mate, I've missed you, my dear Ned. How have you been? Oh, well, well, outside of, you know, we've got some very, very, very uh, avid fans, obviously. We've got people harping on, when's the podcast, when's the podcast, when's the podcast? <laughs> we're back and we're, and we're going to do something pretty cool today. How have you been, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. You know, it's good work, life taking over a bit, but I'm really keen to obviously have the league back and, uh, after everything that's been happening, so it's been good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've, it's been a really interesting season. Obviously, like I think the overwhelming um, response has been how great it has been to be back playing basketball in this environment. Um, mm. But from an actual competition standpoint, I think it's, it's going really well. We've had some really interesting storylines. We've had some, some really good basketball as well. Now, I think it's more or less even the atmosphere. You know, the first couple of games were a bit dry with not having spectators there, I feel. But then now having people there, having the boys around you, you know, all that kind of stuff. The camaraderie is, is fun. Man. I think it's, that's what makes Super League fun. So yeah. it's great to see everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the plan is today is to, we've, we've got a bit of an exciting idea, um, seeing as we haven't chatted about everyone in a little while. Uh, we're actually going to give each and every team a grade for their season, um, how they've gone versus their expectations. So they'll get a, you know, an A, B, C, D, D plus, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, um, based on our subjective opinions. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds good, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. So what we'll do is we'll we'll go. I'm just going to pick. I'm looking at the ladder here. I'm just going to pick the first team, and I just want you to have a bit of a think. Um, or basically just think out loud, and at, towards the end, you can give, you, give, give the team a grade. Right, right. So let's start out with the five and four Dramana Bulls. These guys were... I think thinking about it now, you know, we, we picked them quite highly at the very start, right? Like we were very hopeful for a team that had such dynamic people, like you slimming you down, complimenting each other. But my, my thing was with them is like, where did their scoring come from? You know, that early trade getting uh, Nathan Henderson to that team, I felt really brought them up in a sense, having that extra guard, that pass first, you know, that penetrator and dish out, like that was good for them. So I think right now these guys are, well and truly going for final. So I think teams now should be worried about Dramana Bulls, personally. Yeah, I think as well with that scoring role, I think that's really been Dan Curran stepping up, you know, over the past couple of games, really pushing that 20-point mark each and every week and, and and doing it in a variety of ways, offensive rebounds being the main culprit, but also, you know, shooting mid-range and giving them a real focal point on offense, which has been mm. something they really sorely, sorely missed. Um, additionally, they've also been able to get Jack Tirano playing a bit. He had 15 points two games back. Um, having a bit more depth and, and shooting has helped too. The the really interesting part about this now for the Bulls is we you know with three games remaining, <clears throat> sorry, two games remaining um, is Dylan Walsh replacing Slim. Slim's off playing golf Sunday afternoons. Yeah, I heard that. And actually, watching Dylan play the other day, and I thought to myself. Geez, where are we? This bloke's going to be a threat. He's going to be dangerous because 
when I saw him play, obviously I've heard uh, on the grapevine that he used to play for Collingwood, all that kind of stuff. And when he played, you can definitely see the, the spark of it, but he just, the touch wasn't there. Yeah. And I think that for me was scary because the more he plays, the better he's going to get, the more legs he's going to get under him. I, I saw him on the bench quite a bit and they still ran through that last game quite well without having Dylan there. But having him on the court, is just a presence. Six six guy that can shoot. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Eddie Swan all over again. Dan, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Very excited watching this guy. Yeah, but, no, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, you know they they are gonna they with some of those teams sort of towards the top slipping just a little bit with injuries or a bit of form consistency. I think the Germana Bulls, we predicted them to make finals to start with. They had a rough start, but I think they are gonna get there. So mm. having said all that, having somewhat of a turbulent season, what do you give them in terms of a grade? Well, uh, look, I reckon I'd probably say B to B plus and probably say net because like they're borderline on the on that they're knocking on the door of that you know of that A essentially that the top tier four teams and I feel like they're going to give it a, a bloody good whirl coming into the like obviously the last couple of games and I'm actually really excited to see what they do personally. Yeah, I think I think it's really you can look at this uh, in two halves of their season. The first half of the season they were comfortably a D plus. They didn't mm-hmm. have it. Um, they didn't have it whatsoever. This second half of the season, they've been well and truly a, a, a B plus. So my final grade will be a C plus. And I think this next two weeks, um, you know, could really make their season and they could be a, a real threat in finals. Oh, absolutely. You know, and see, I think having Dan and Slim, and I think they don't get enough credit for doing this. It's like their leadership on the court. It really drove the team to obviously situate and stick to the plan. I think, you know, hearing them yell and communicate, mate, that's, that's what keeps them together. It's good. Let's move on. The next team, they're currently sitting tied first and they've just been slowly moving along, slowly moving along. The Bayside Reapers sitting at seven and two. Where are we? Well, I think this is one of the other teams where I thought from the start, they're quite complete. I think Dale in himself has done exceptional with drafting the people that compliment Jono and having Jordan and Shagger literally mirror image of one another. I think that in itself is such a good dynamic in itself and having him in himself like dale's a bit of a wild card you know he can come in and drop 20 points on you and didn't even know what happened yeah and it's it's flat out because you look at him and you don't expect him to be able to do anything um so when he is <laughs> when he is consistently knocking threes or step back fades in your face you get a little bit frustrated because it's the fat dad running around um i think his dad powers Ned dad powers yeah look I'm, I'm that was incredibly harsh on him because i actually think dale's been probably the reason they're seven and two obviously he's drafted incredibly well and jono has been terrific but let's be real jordan melrose is not playing jordan melrose basketball by any means he's the first I think he's taking weeks. a bit of a step back personally yeah. ned i think yeah he's like he's taking a bit of foot of the pedal and leaving the opportunity for shagar and dale and jono really take the field personally yeah, and I think, but Dale, I think Dale specifically, like Sh- Shannon's been consistent across the board, but I think Dale specifically is the one that stepped up into that sort of lead guard, guard <clears throat> that lead scoring guard role. I think they're seven and two at the moment, but if Geordie Melrose can find that shooting touch and can really reassert his dominance, I don't think, yeah. I think this might be a wash having them. Yeah, I agree. And I think, and again, like from the start, we picked them, they're going to be a dangerous team. I think from both our perspective, from the Millian side and also from the King side, I always found the Reapers were going to be an interesting, obviously, game. And we, the, the game we played them, they didn't have Dale and Jono, right? So I think that, for me, wasn't a great reflection of how well they can play against us, especially. So uh, I'm definitely worried about these guys coming to finals. 
So having said all that, I'm I'm going to give them an A for their season yep. thus far. I yeah. think, like I said, yeah, there's, there's it's pretty much all it's basically a flawless season. Basically, you know, two two losses. Yeah, one where Dan Zed went crazy in two when they had two of their top three players out. That's so. that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. And every other time, I, I'd like to say that they're quite comfortably winning games. So definitely an A. Let's move on to a, a team that you had a pretty uh, high. You had a you had a big trade with uh, the Cranbourne Bucks, led by Glenn Wansborough. Yeah, mate. I tell you what, I do owe Glenn a beer. So here is me saying, Glenn, I will honour that by the end of the season. I will get you that beer. But um, that trade with Kurt, I feel, really did help my team quite a bit. It really did, obviously situate like that basis but i'll get to that obviously with the kings but i think looking at the bucks now mate i tell you what if these guys were shooting and passing and penetrating the key as well as they were now at the start of the season oh the, i honestly think they'll be giving dramana balls and the, like i guess you know your top four a bit of a run for their money because they, they've literally come close to beating most teams now yeah, I think Reese Borum as well has found this aggressive mindset where even when he's not shooting all that well, he's able to put production on the board. He's had back-to-back 20-point games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, somewhat yeah. somewhat inefficient, but he is being that lead scoring guard. Um, yeah, I wish I had that when he was on my team, eh? Um, that's exactly right. <laughs> but in saying all that, like, they they are. They're back. They're, they're moving the ball well. They're attacking the cup. They're getting some open look. Jono Svensson has been really, really good, I thought. Torin running the, running the show. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, yeah, production across the board, Ned, you're 100% right. You know, it's just a shame. You're right. It's just a shame that they couldn't get off the ground. You know, statistically, they are out of finals. um, And that was pretty evident early when they were sitting second last. But, you know, it's been really promising that they haven't let that go. And, and, you know, for the guys that do come back, maybe it's a valuable experience um, for for the next, for the coming seasons when they get back into it so they can, so they can, um, you know, have, have, have a better start and then really push in finals. So having said that, <clears throat> where do you give them? I'd probably say probably like a C. I'd probably say in the middle. I'd probably say, like I said, they weren't they weren't having a shocking season because like I said, they were really giving a lot of teams a bit of a like a, a nip on the bum the whole way through. And now they're really starting to show their true colours and obviously upsetting. I think it was Flinders Raiders last or the last time everyone played. You know, I think that coming together, like that was a comfortable win, I would say. But yeah, like I said, I'd probably say a C, man. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Um, I think they're right in the middle. C for Cranbourne. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the team that they did. Uh, they did most recently beat the Flinders Rape. Uh, <clears throat> well, not the Flinders Rapers. That's not what we want. <laughs> the Flinders Raiders. Now, right before we we went away, we had JTE. They were sitting at five and O, and they were looking the goods. Since then, they've gone one and three. And they've got a bit of an in, they've got some injury concerns. I yes, and I think this in itself. When I watched, when I walked in the other day, and I was like, "Where's J Mac? Why is he on the court?" And you know, I think not having that one star player that I think all teams talk about, it really does detriment in that sense. Is like you know, if you do rely on everyone else to have to step up, it makes it quite difficult to really pull through against the teams that have one or two stars that are like leading all the scoring. But wouldn't you agree? Like, yeah. And I think as well, what J-Mac does is possibly a little bit different to what someone like, say, Jordy Melrose or um, Dan Zed or someone like that, where they're touch more score-based. I think that J-Mac's pretty unique and his biggest impact is 
little things, you know, obviously he pulls down big rebounding numbers, but the ability to, to contest bigs at the ring, but also switch out onto guards for, for periods of time. He's quite unique. Uh, other than probably Luke Svensson, um, mm. he's, probably, he's probably one of the more dynamic defensive players. So to have someone try step into that role, whether it be Alex Ballerini or, you know, Matt Knott, who don't have that size, I, mate, I'll tell you what, like, like I said, I completely agree with you. Like, I, I rate J-Mac quite highly in that defensive capacity. Like like I said, he's probably still in the running for MVP for the season, mate. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think for them, if he can get healthy and they can get back to that basketball they were playing. Um, but I, I think we sort of, it's kind of established, we, we sort of touched on their weakness, you know. They don't have that takeover ability. JT's shown some flashes of scoring potential player of the week last week, 27 points really, really played well. If he can consistently do that and, and J max at full strength then they have a red hot chance, but if they don't have that scoring potential from it, particularly uh, that, 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 you know, at worst, they're going to have someone go at least one guy go off and they've got J max defense. But I still think in, in saying that, Leonard, like with J max actually doing that, getting player of the week and really stepping up. Like I feel like he has the capacity to do that coming to the last two games to really to help secure his team for the finals. And like even seeing like Harvey, he shot, he shot the piss out of the bloody ball. Like I think he did pretty well as well in his capacity. Like they're still getting production across the board. But again, it's just not having that big defensive presence in J-Mac that obviously let them down unfortunately against Cranberry Bucks. Yeah, so I think grading these guys is a little bit tough. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm, I'll say, uh, yeah, I'll say, I actually say it's not applicable given given uh, given their circumstances. I think. Yeah, well, funny you say that because I think it balances out because at the start they're well and truly an A grade team, but yeah. now coming into it they're like a C. So like if we're averaging this out, I'd probably say about a B there, mate. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that out of all the teams, I think the next two games could literally go any any different way any way they could easily drop these two games or they could come back and they could win two games. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're actually the hardest uh, team to predict who's go- how they're going to go forward. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. Cause if they, like I said, if you can get J Mac healthy and they get that team, that, I guess, I guess a team chemistry back together where everyone's contributing effectively and not forcing the ball so much, mate, they're going to be just as scary as they were at the start of the season. All right, mate, we've halfway through, um, we've got through the four first four teams who have had the, you know, a little bit more mundane storylines. I think we're about to hit some some pretty interesting stories now in this <laughs> second half with the with the next four teams. But we'll just take a quick moment to hear a word from our league sponsor, Signforce. Super League is very proud to announce that Signforce Solutions are back on as our major sponsor for the Peninsula Division. Glenn and the guys down at Signforce are really heavily experienced in lots of different signage solutions such as digitally printed banners, interior and office and home signage, exterior and rental signage and a whole lot of different options like vehicle wraps and so on. If you've got any signage needs, Glenn and the guys are your first call. Alright, we are back. And as I said before the break, we have got some interesting storylines here. Probably the four most interesting teams coming up, but we will start with the O and nine Hastings Heat, and a really, really disappointing season. But they have some flashes over the last couple of weeks. That's that's what I'm looking at. Ned. Like I think they've had a little bit of an unlucky streak with obviously some injuries, Harrison and a couple of others, and obviously not having um, Tristan from the very start. I think it could have been impacting the thing. And I think a little bit of the chemistry and the dynamic in the team wasn't quite sort out and solid by this point. So I think they've had a bit of a bad run coming through. Like I know they've had a 
couple of very close games recently. So, like I said, unfortunately, they've just had a rough run the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think they're the only team to consistently have, you know, there's there's times where Tommy doesn't know if he's going to get five players there. They've mm. he's just he just drafted guys that have just picked up niggling injuries the whole time outside of Harrison Swatter who's relevant truly pulled the pin. He just never got like, you know, sustained period of health from him from from guys other than himself and Blake Delaney. Mm. Everyone else was, you know, really 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 in the wars. I think the, the biggest variable with the team as well was really what Rome wanted to do. You know, when they played the Thunder, um, which went to overtime on a Tristan Rendell three, that was, they were killing that game because Rome was going to work. Rome was being a big body and then he That's just kind of right. went away for a quarter. Yeah. You know, you look at the size of this guy and you see patches where he pulls up an offensive rebound down and damn near dunks the ball or you see him, you know, post up, bang, bang, makes, mm. a, makes a shot. But then he would just go missing for a couple of minutes. And, and I think if he, he was more consistent, I think this team would be, you know, two or three wins in. I agree. I agree. And I've always said that, like, I've got a lot of time for Rome. I think he's a good bloke and stuff like that. But like I said, in the capacity of, of like the team and things, if he, if he played the 40 minutes hard like he does in the first five, my God, he's scary. He, he gave me a scare in one of the games we played him. Well and truly gave me a scare. I'm thinking if he's pulling down rebounds and going straight up like this, I'm in trouble. But the whole league's in trouble, you know, hmm. and that's even, that's even, that's even you guys, you know, having Luke Svensson, who's probably one of the only guys that can contest someone like that. Hmm. The whole league is in trouble if he, if he does that, which is, you know, which is disappointing that the, that he hasn't been able to pull, you know, consistent effort, efforts together. Hmm. Um, you know, Tommy, uh, by, by on the rumor mill, Tommy had some really interesting trade offers that he didn't pull the pin on. He was offered, I think he was offered even Kurt at one yeah, point. Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, so, you know, maybe Tommy could have done a touch better job sort of, you know, you know, just throwing stuff at the ball, seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to, I don't, I honestly don't think they deserve the lowest grade given the injuries, given how they've actually been kind of, their losses aren't, you don't, like you do watch some more losses and go, oh God, this is woeful. But they've yeah. actually had some really, really, really good stuff as well. I agree, um, I agree. And especially playing five every single time when most teams have literally seven or eight guys playing against a team of five. Like that, that's tough, Ned. Uh, yeah. It's very tough. So look, you know, they're not going to get a great score. I'll give them a D minus. I, I think it's bad, but I don't think it's the worst. Yeah, look, I'll just give them a flat D. I'm not, I won't minus from them. You know, I think what they've done in the last, you know, the really close games is really good to see. But again, yeah, unfortunately, it's just the score. I mean, so the win losses, it just speaks for itself. Unfortunately. All right, let's chat about my, well, I can't really say my anymore, but the Mount Eliza <laughs> Millions sitting, comfort, uh, sitting at six and three from what was looking like the red hot title favorites, the wheels have fallen off a little bit. Again, Ned, it's just the injury basis for these teams. Like I was very, very, very excited to see Bryce come into this league and absolutely dominate. He was in great form coming into an unfortunate knee injury. And mate, I tell you what, you guys would have been a very, very scary team if, if you were to able to kept everyone on board and healthy the whole way through. Yeah, and as well, Bernie Bernie did a really good job of each week being able to replace players, like getting Sammy Dewhurst in, and we've had Matt Smith play, we've had Dan Florence play, we've had Tommy Moscrop play, but he hasn't been able to lock someone away. 
um, in that top spot, which is, which is really going to hurt them because, you know, unless he can sort of get that done, uh, he's running out of time. And I, I honestly don't think he's going to be able to do it. So- I, I get that there, but at the same time, you guys are still doing very well for not having that top spot player. I think that's a testament to your team overall to say that, yeah, you are still well and truly here. You're well and truly still within finals reach. Yeah, it's a testament. It's a testament to the, you know, to the the guys that are week in, week out, you know, doing the dirty work, specifically Denis and Y. Um, you know, Baz and, and Baz, those those three guys, the the defense they're playing, the hustle they're playing. Um, they're making it really, really tough. And then we've got some some really some some great shooting in Luke uh, and James. Mm-hmm. So I think they we do have the ability to to hang in games, um, but without that, you know, closer or that that last x factor of a of a top guy i think it's going to be really tough for them to to win two finals games yeah look i think a little bit of the height uh, deficit is a little bit of a worry coming into the finals too because if you look at a lot of the teams coming into the finals they at least have one big body yep. in their side i think that in itself is where the detriment is is there just a lack of bigs like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so happy to see like why do they really getting in there and you know they're getting essentially the bad jobs against the bigger guys Especially like I watching him against Jono, and unfortunately Jono is just the biggest guy. Yeah, and they yeah, and they did a, they did a really good job holding Jono. I think what was so effective in the early part of the season was the fact that you know being smaller, we were way too quick. We were we had way too much scoring on the floor that it became almost impossible to guard us. You know, whilst we might give up some points on offensive rebounds or low post touches, we were going to get them right back going down the other end. You know, drawing fouls, getting am ones, and, and shooting threes. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's a big one, right? I'm very scared with your capacity of your three point shooters. Literally, Sam Judas, he's scary. James absolutely lit us on, like you know, put us on notice. He can shoot. Yeah. These guys can actually step up and really make a difference. And I think that in itself is the scary part coming into finals because I know you guys can switch it on. Yeah, you know the thing for them with some two tough games left. I think. They got to they got to knock them out. You know that they, they are the team at the moment. I think has the potential to drop these games. Depending, on, it, it could also depend on J Max injury as well. Um, but Who do you have coming two games? Uh, we have got the Raiders and then we have the Thunder later on. Right. So look, there's one there's there's one game that's that should be a win, um, and if we could lock that away, that that would be, um, you know. And then once you get into finals, like as you say, that sh- that hot shooting. You know, that might, if it all falls, then it's game over for, for the other team. Um, Absolutely. But vice versa, if it doesn't, hmm. on the other side, then that. I think we've seen that, unfortunately, in, in the, like the past couple of games, though. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we chatted about this the other day when we actually played your team. The, the law of averages, really, we were basically saying we're going to shoot better than the other team. So we'll allow you to shoot semi-contested open shots based on who you are as a shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last two weeks, it just really hasn't paid off. Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, watching some of the guys who are making big numbers, big shots, I think that really is a testament that, you know, everyone needs to be guided now. So, yeah, and everyone's finding a little bit of form. Finally, that sort of COVID slash Christmas period rust is, is, you know, is mm. finally coming off for some people and we're, we're starting to see some performances. You know, Nick Stardom hit five threes against the Millions. Um, yeah. Which, which, which is... Seb as well. I think he hit a few as well in that last game. Which is brutal. But it, it does really reflect uh, the Millions sort of mindset with it. And so if can they make a change? Will they make a change or will they continue? 
continue to play that game. I would like to see, honestly, Ned, like putting that aside, like I would like to see the whole bases, like don't dip in the head and just like get out to the man. You know what I mean? Like respect the guys regardless of who they are now and just get out to the person. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the thing to walk into the finals base. Like everyone has to have that mindset now that we're just going to have to guard everyone. You have to give everyone that respect because they could literally go five threes in your team. That's right. So having said all this, what's your ranking? Are you great? My great, I would probably say B plus considering the injuries, unfortunately. Without the injuries, you guys are an A plus team. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. I think our absolute ceiling and at times, I think in the first three rounds we were the team. Um, we were A plus. But recently, you know, with the injuries and that sort of touch of poor play and yeah, I'd say a B. I'd say a B is solid. Um, but, at, you know, similar to the Raiders, though, if it could quickly become a C if these next two games don't. If they don't make finals, if they don't make finals, that'll be a, a really, really disappointing season from the team. Um, Bernie drafted from from day dot. Yeah. Who do you want to go to now? Who, 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 what's more interesting to you? I've left probably the two most polarizing teams left. I'll, I'll throw it to you. Where, where would you prefer to go? Like I said, man, I, I, I'm really open to this because I was going to actually ask your opinion on, on my team. I'd probably say it more or less. But again, I know you guys have talked about Langoran Thunder and stuff in the past. And I haven't I haven't had a chance to obviously get the word in as well. But like I said, you lead the way, my good sir. All right. Well, let's chat about let's chat about your kings. And this is going to pain me. But <laughs> the reason... <sighs> Credit to the players... You know, credit to guys like Zane. I think Zane has done a terrific job, um, you know, after coming from a bit of an awkward, crappy situation in the heat to come over and play a role. Same with Zach Footett, very easily being the third big. Could crack the shits, hasn't. Luke Svensson, we got stuck into him all season about being injured or not playing that well, not being the first overall pick, just done his role, played his role. You know, guys across the board have just played really, really, really well for you. But I think the reason you guys are in the position you're in is, you know, is your GM skills. You've done this. You've somehow traded just about everybody in your team and now you have no weak links. And you've done, you've taken guys that were on other teams that weren't playing so well, uh, you know, like Zane. Um, you've, and you've turned them and you've turned them into assets, which is, which is really shit. I really don't like it. <laughs> Look, honestly, I credit them again. I think getting that um, trade through with uh, the Bucks, I think that really did help me. To be honest with you, um, not nothing against Reese. You know, I, I love Reese. He's, he's a good dude. But the problem was in that capacity, like I needed that scoring basis from, I guess, from my second rounder. I wanted him to be what he is now at the Bucks for my team. And I think it was just a little bit of rust, but now I think he's getting a bit more of his confidence in. He's like, I've seen him pulling up and doing all that basis. But again, now I have a literal offensive threat in Kurt and I have a defensive, I guess, a presence in Luke on both ends. I literally have interchanging guys that can cover both ends of the floor. You know, like you said, I have Zach now as that third big man to support either of these two. I think the other aspect of it as well is that the team chemistry now, it's not about who's getting the most minutes and all those kind of things. I think even, for example, Zach and I, when we're on the bench together, it's about who we can take off to make it more efficient for this team. What can we do? We need to be running a bit faster. We'll make sure that Zane and Chapa are on a little bit more than we are. I think that in itself really helps this team. Um, but again, yeah, the group of guys now, it, yeah, it's it's working. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and further to that, you know, that big... Um, 
that Kurt Luke Spencer pairing, like uh, uh, offensively and defensively, it becomes really, really tricky having two guys of that size and athleticism. They're both really good athletes, you know. From a defensive standpoint, Luke Spencer is typically going to take the best player. Um, and although, like, you know, he might get beat once or twice, you know, he's going to contain a really good job. But then you're running into a, you know, a, a brick wall in Zach or Kurt. And it's the same with the offensive end, you know, if the biggest player has to go to Luke, then you've got Kurt absolutely banging bodies. You know, he's Kurt's a bit more of a tr- traditional, more mid post player while Luke wants to play on the perimeter um, and vice versa. If the, 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 the big goes to Luke, he's way too quick on the perimeter. It's, but you've yeah, created some real matchup problems. Yeah, yeah. But it's also versatility in these plays though. Man. I think that's probably the biggest point. Luke as a big in itself, like he can, he can get, he can draw down an offensive board but he's more than comfortable to hit a mid-range jumper. You know, if you get Kurt getting comfortable driving through the key and he starts getting stopped, all of a sudden he's switching on shooting threes. Now, you've got to come up, you've got to respect that and come out to Kurt. But then he can switch back on and drive, drive in the paint. I yeah. think that in itself, that's where the scary part is, is versatility. And you know, nothing against like any of the guys that traded away and stuff, but I did need a guard in the end. Um, I didn't really have anyone run that point and having Zane coming over from the heat, I think really fills that role quite well. And we had a pretty easy conversation. We just said, mate, I need you to be a role player and be a pass first guard. Didn't even flinch and played that role very well in the first game in. So, yeah, and you talk, you talk about, you know, the positive culture and chemistry you've, you've set within the team. That's huge. Guys that were playing, you know, playing a bit disgruntled have now come in seamlessly and played really, really well. So it's... Really. But like I said, Tessman as well, Ned, like I've kept, there's literally three of us from the original team, obviously bar me. So I've literally kept two guys from my original team. But like Chapo and himself, he, he really does contribute in the way that Chapo does, which is running fast breaks and really putting like, guys on notice. He backboard blocked someone the other day. Oh my God, that was good. Do you know what I mean? So I think the versatility of what these guys are doing in the side is amazing. Like even Nick coming in and literally shooting all of those shots, like, it, even if he's missing, like the other day, for example, the last game we played, it's not a detriment because other guys are making up for what he's doing. So it doesn't matter. So it gives everyone an opportunity to get involved in the team without everyone kind of thing. And at the end of the day, if we're, if we're stuffing up, Luke will bring come in and literally pull us all into line. And we have that respect, I think, to listen. I think that's the best part. Everyone listens and has an opportunity to speak. I think that's the best part. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, as I said, it's, it's painful. It's painful to hear that you guys have done so well after all the shit you talked early on. Um, I love it's it. Ju- it's just really disappointing that Luke Svensson's gone down with the with the season-ending injury. That's all right. I got Kurt. So, Richo, I think I know where you're going to go with your your Kings. I think you're going to give yourself a pretty firm A, uh, but I think you do deserve the, the firmest of A+. pluses. Uh, a really, 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 really good season thus far um hmm. uh, i think yeah big big shiny tick for you yeah well i think at the end of the day it really just came down to the trades that went through at the end by the very end i think the team coming into it now really does bring like a good finals team i think like you said before i think it really just creates awkward matchups for everybody but yeah so for an a all right so we will finally move on to the most interesting uh content storylines out of all the teams um, the most fun we've had at any team's expense it is the Lang Warren Thunder led by Daniel Zed they are sitting two and seven two and seven 
two and seven after this season at this point. After having said they were going to go, I believe ten and one. It was correct. So that's a tough call. Um, we were telling them to make a trade, telling them to make a move. I just want let's just let's just go grade straight away and let's break it down. If I don't think it can be anything other than an F. To, to some degree, though, right? So I think in defence of that, they didn't have Eddie. So that was definitely like a detriment to the team. So they started the season, didn't have Eddie. I think Zed didn't play one of the games. So, like, it was really them starting off on a bad foot, I would say. So, again, similar to the other teams. But then I think Langmore and Thunder did it in the best part where they picked up someone who literally probably is in contestant of, like, you know, he probably contested number one pick overall. Wouldn't you agree? Like, as an offensive threat in Kieran... Like, that was such a good pickup for them. Unfortunately, they just haven't gotten together to help utilise that and take the pressure of one guy. But you, 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 you mentioned that they started on a bad step, implying that there was some type of comeback for them. They started on a bad step. Their middle part was a, was a bad jog, and now they're on a full-blown sprint to just a disaster of a season. <laughs> There's just been no redeeming quality for them at any point. You know, we we thought in round four when Kieran officially signed with the Thunder, we're like, okay, this is the turning point. They've now got, as you say, probably you know, a, 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 you know, as a floor, a top three pick. You know, again, it just comes down to chemistry overall, right? I think that in itself is probably the biggest point of it. It's literally just the chemistry that came into it. So it's now Kieran comes in as a full dominant ball demanding person you need the role players around him being able to support that role i think that in itself they didn't have enough role players to help support that role so so how do you how do you get role players because specifically let's be real the way kieran plays and and he's incredibly like he when he's playing well he's incredibly efficient but it's it's slow um it's you know post up bang your man hit a body get an offensive rebound lay it up it's not fast paced it's not inclusive of other people effectively what you're asking uh, your role players to do is to play defense and then watch Kieran down the other end. How do you tackle that? Not necessarily because I, I play with Kieran at a, uh, on a Monday night A grade side. And frankly, like once we all kind of know that the ball goes in there, he gets into trouble. He'll kick it out to people who knows where they are. I think that's part of the issues. Like for example, I'm always in my corners, right? So when Kieran gets in trouble, he knows he can kick it out to myself. And having that, for example, that's just like a role-playing shooting guard, just a mid-range shooting guard or even a three-point shooting guard, like Zed could have been in that perfect position where he could be out in the perimeter there, ready for that kick out. However, it's just a matter of their team running around, not sure what they're doing. I think that in itself is probably the difficult part. Yeah, you know, and often you talk, you hear, you know, the basketball typically has energy. Um, and I think also as well, they've got four or five guys that want to dribble or shoot the air out of the basketball. Um, you know, their hierarchy, you know, Kieran, he's going to get close to 20 shots a game. Zed, you know, when he's engaged, when he's not in, you know, when he's not in model mode, um, he's going to get close to 10 to 15 shots again. You know, it, we don't need to make a comment on Toby North the second he touches the ball, I think for the last three games, first time he's touched it, shots going up. Ryan Dwyer, you know, it's a hot potato. Absolutely. And I understand the hot potato basis. And I know that was going to that because, but in that sense, if people need to be able to be able to step back and 
give that hot hand a go. I think that in itself is probably the big one. And look, it sucks to obviously have just one guy doing everything, but this is what, I guess in a sense, this is why you draft people, right? This is why you have a number one pick to have that capacity to be able to take over. Am am I wrong? Like literally having- I'm with you. I'm my, I guess my point, the way Zed's built his team, I guess was the point I was trying to build to was you've got five guys, you know, even Regan, Regan is possibly too passive. He is someone that should probably be getting close to 15 shots a game. But my point is there's an expectation that I need shots. You need shots. We need shots. If that's not getting met, what happens on the defensive end? And I think that in lies their problem. Who wants to grind on the defensive end? Who wants to make, who wants to make tough stops? And that's their sieves. The games where they get blown out, there's no defensive presence. There's no nothing. It's, it's a cakewalk. It's really simple, simple, simple stuff. And they get they get absolutely exploited, you know. For yeah, guys, think, for guys yeah. that aren't individually bad defenders, I don't think. I don't think. But overall, I don't think most of them aren't. Like they're not individually bad plays either. But I think it's utilization. I think that's probably the biggest opportunity, right? Yeah, I think. I look. The, the thing is, the thing that we've I think we've very clearly established here is that there is a you can kind of close your eyes and point and you'll find a reason why that the season didn't work. Um, I, I, I find it very interesting, just the reluctance. You know, you look at the six you had uh, making trades, just trying shit, throwing shit at a wall and see if it sticks type thing. You know, the reluctance to hold onto the team. Nothing changed. Yeah, I think there was still that hope, though, that it was going to come together. Because, like, there's obviously there's signs where the team had the opportunity to outscore players and, like, the, what, the wins that they are having literally like you know it is like they can they have the capacity to win they're just it's just not consistent throughout the entire game but i think you made a big point it's literally defensive effort right how, how do you win a game when no one's grinding for that defensive effort and stop i think that in itself is hard like as much as he's like zed and regan can't defend everyone you know what i mean like that, yeah. that's the hard part yeah no that's right yeah. but also the mismatches are also really really interesting in itself as well because like Outside of essentially, I'd probably say Zed, maybe Dwyer. Like, who's going to guard that Jordy? Who's going to guard that Shagger? Who's going to guard that Chapo? You know what I mean? I think that in itself is a bit of an interesting point. And like, all credit to Toby, he's a, he's a very quick little dude. But again, he's a little dude. Like, he's very easily gets bullied in the paint. I think that in itself is another detriment in that team is that if Zed went to the sides and traded off pieces, I think getting Jacob was a great pick for them. They have now another interior offensive threat in Jacob. And then, because like I said, when they had Seb, it was just another shooter. Yeah. You know, they fill that role that capacity with, you know, with your Dwyer, your Zed, and everyone shooting from the perimeter and your Brad and stuff. But again, they got someone else now in. But now how do you integrate that so late in the season? Yeah, well, it, it, it really had to hit then and there straight away. It had to be exactly mm. what they were after. And it, and it just didn't, you know, I think the other thing that makes it an absolute like uh, an absolute F as well, like if do you believe had Eddie Swan played and not Kieran, would anything have changed? No, I don't say so in the capacity. I think Kieran is more of a consistent scorer due to the fact that he scores more inside. And now he's he's obviously extending his range out to the three, but that's just more consistent. That's always going to outscore someone who just jacks a heap of threes. Yeah. I think that in itself is a, is a big one because you can't obviously rely on one guy literally trying to score from three the whole game. It's just not going to work. So 
I have given my grade of a of a of a big fail. Yeah, I would say a D minus again because they like they had a bad start with injury. I think I, I'm holding very strong that, but unfortunately, it's just the lack of obviously the movement of players and pieces in itself. And again, but again, maybe even not having Toby for the first couple of like those games because they lose that one guy who's running, running breaks. Yeah, the thing, why Regan's so valuable. Why I don't see this more on their team. Regan has probably one of the best outlet passes I've ever seen off a rebound. He's got a two-handed launch and they're not utilizing that with their brakes. And unfortunately, they're just not running that. And then they're getting guys, the whole defensive structure just comes back and sets and all of a sudden they're getting picked apart. Because then three guys, like for example, when we had, um, when I played the most had Reese on my team, Luke guarded Kieran and whoever Reese was guarding, doesn't matter, just go help on Kieran. So now that you exploit the only opportunity in Kieran is that he can't physically fight against two or three guys every single time. Regardless of what you do, even if you start to jump shooting, I don't care. Luke's going to block you. Do you think, you know, chatting about Regan, do you think he's had two of the uh, more turbulent Super League seasons? What are the odds? <laughs> he ca- what is the odds he comes back for a third term? <laughs> Maybe not domestic next season, Ed. Maybe yeah. not. I would not be putting money that we see Regan in a Super League uniform next season. <laughs> you never know, though. You know, he drafts as number one and gets all the green light to jack up 25 yeah. shots. By all means, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he'll only make one. But anyway, it's not the point. <laughs> so, no, I think we've I think we've absolutely just shredded the thunder enough for... The time I being. wouldn't say it's in shred because I feel I feel like it's just more opportunity than anything. I think that's more where it is. Like, unfortunately, it just didn't come together this season for them. No, yeah, you're right, and unfortunately as well. Like, you don't have that much time to work it out. It's kind of got to click and work. No way. And I think I realized that halfway through, and literally, I'd already made more trades by myself than the entire league put together. Seriously, I think that's that in itself is an interesting point. Is that Everyone was making jokes and stuff. And I was like, I've made the joke. I'm just trading for chaos. But, mate, all's well that ends well. Method to the madness, you know, you just you essentially just develop a team that complements each other. It's so, a, yeah, it's a really, really good point. And I hope people at least try a little bit. They they, they draft their team. They're, they're confident in their selections, but maybe they need to be a little bit more uh, courageous and, and try, you know, you're not going to develop an amazing team chemistry if you don't already have it in 11 games. So you may as well trade. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't know. And you just don't know. Yeah, trade it until it clicks. because it's. Not that's right. Work. And at the end of the day, you can keep trading and keep trading and keep trading. I think a bit of the detriment this season with trades and everything that was that I think some people just wanted too much for their trades. I think that in itself is why nothing happened is that, you know, essentially like I couldn't trade to you guys because all you wanted was Luke. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's got to be a compromise. Your trade, your trade really worked. Um, I felt you, you had one of the best trades trading for Kurt. I think Tristan Moore's gone and had a really productive season on with the. Well, that's what I mean. So, Reese and Tristan have literally lit up on the Cranbourne Bucks. I don't, and I feel like I wasn't like I just wasn't utilizing those guys on my team. Yeah. And having Tommy watching him pretty much lead their scoring the other day, I'm like, Tommy didn't have that opportunity in our team before, no. especially when we had Kurt. So I think moving them around as well, they gave an opportunity to actually step up in those teams in itself in their own right and literally make an impact, which they weren't unfortunately being able to do in my team. No, I agree. So judging on the ladder that we were just talking about, mm. two weeks time, 
when we move into our semi-final the week after Easter, do you think who are the four teams we see? And who's playing off? Who finishes first, second, third, and fourth? I'm pretty confident in the Kings, mate. Like, that's not even me being biased. I think overall, outside of the Reapers, I, I, I would probably say us first. Yep. Reapers second. And I think this is where I get a little bit stuck because Millions and Raiders have an opportunity to drop out with the Bulls coming well and truly for one of their positions. Personally, I would say I feel if J-Mac isn't there, it's going to be Millions three, Tremana Bulls four. And if J-Mac is there? Millions possibly out. Raiders so you think? So you think the Bulls... The Dramata Bulls are the team that makes it the whole way through. I agree. Yeah, no, no, no. I, no, sorry, not the great. I, I believe so. The only reason why I say this is that you, you're sorry, the millions have Thunder and Thunder have Kieran. And that's what I'm worried about for your team. Because I feel like I just don't see somewhere where who's going to stop Kieran against you guys without leaving the detriment of the other guys being able to score. That's where I look at it. It's pretty much how well Kieran plays against you guys is going to determine whether you're going to make it or not, personally. So to get to, to give you a bit of insight with this final race, the Flinders Reapers, uh, the Flinders Raiders probably have the toughest schedule. They've got the Bayside Reapers and the Mount Eliza Millions. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. The Dramata Bulls have Hastings Heat, so that's a probably guaranteed win, and then they are playing. And then mm. finally... Mount Eliza Millions, they have the Lang Warren Thunder and they have the Flinders Raiders. So it's going to be an absolutely riveting last round. I think it's going to come down I, to that last round. Honestly, but I think that's what's going to be really fun about it is that literally everyone's going to be fighting tooth and nail to try to make it through. Dramata Bulls especially, with Hastings Heat, like nothing against like Tommy and those boys, but these guys, like if they don't have Rome, unfortunately they're just going to steamroll them just because of their sheer size and how hard they go at offensive boards. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the heat the heat game's going to matter. I think the heat the heat game is going to be an easy win for the Bulls. So that look mm-hmm. I think that'll sort of set it up nicely to have a really interesting finish. I agree. And I think that's what I mean. So like I said, yeah, Millions versus Langmore and Dunn is going to be an interesting one, but Flinders Raiders like I said man, like you said should I say is that they've got a really tough run coming into the last couple of games. Where, where, where do you see the finals, mate? How do you how do you see the finals playing out? Um, I, I I honestly think the millions drop out. I think the millions are the ones that drop out. I don't think they have the scoring um, now, unfortunately. Mm. Especially playing, you know, they're playing two bigs in Kieran and J-Mac in the next two weeks. Probably the two best bigs, two of the three best bigs. So having said that, um, I'm not confident that they can shoot it well enough just yet. I would love to be pretty, I would love to be proven wrong. Um, let's see who Tommy can bring in for those fill-ins, those fill-in spots. I'd love to play you guys in the finals. Yeah. All right, mate. So we'll finish. We'll wrap it up there. We have got some interesting, interesting, interesting podcasts coming. Podcasts coming up. Two weeks time. We've got the redraft. I'm very, very excited for the redraft. Which we'll sit down. We'll sit down with all the GMs and we will work that out. We will uh, we'll run through that and we'll run through the process. And then after that, we're going to have finals preview and also we're going to have our end of season awards, MVP, Steal of the Draft and Depoy. Mm-hmm. Very exciting, mate. I'm really keen for these ones coming up.
Yeah, it should be a couple of interesting podcasts. So we've obviously had a bit of a break, but now we're we're well and truly back into it and we're going to be dropping some pretty interesting po- uh, content soon. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Until next time, I'll catch you Sunday. Cheers, mate.